everyone, welcome to another episode of What is a Podcast, and I am feeling optimistic here. I think we're still in stressful times, it's still an extremely stressful year in general, but I'm feeling a little bit optimistic, and I wasn't feeling that way a week ago. I was very, very stressed out a week ago. And I am so stressed out, but I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I feel like, or I felt like there was just like, it was like impending doom. And don't get me wrong, doom may still impend, but I was feeling very, very stressed out. And now I'm stressed out with a little bit of optimism. Um, If you're listening to this in real time, the protests are happening right now, um, starting with, you know, George Floyd, rest in peace, George Floyd, um, Breonna Taylor, and then, unfortunately, more people, uh, Tony McDade, um, David McAtee, and, of course, Ahmaud Arbery, who was murdered before this happened, not by police, but by people who thought that they were police or thought that they could act on behalf of the police, um, and... We're still, you know, fighting for those people and the countless others, right? We're still, you know, marching, donating, fighting, tweeting, Instagramming, all that stuff, right? So that is still going on. The reason why I'm optimistic is that I feel that change is afoot. Positive change is afoot, right? The protests are happening and then people are, you know, allocating funds to different causes. Um, Just today, Sunday, BTS, um, the Korean pop band, donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter, right? We saw Los Angeles, um, a city with a lot of homeless people, donate or pledge to reallocate 150 million, I believe the the number is, um, pledge to donate or allocate, I guess the government can't really donate, but allocate more money to like homelessness and the community. Um, although the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, Garcetti, I believe his name in, he still isn't great. Um, he's not in a great situation. Mr. Garcetti is, but that that's something I see as positive. Although I do think Los Angeles could donate more to the community and the homeless population, seeing as there's like a lot of money tied up in what seems to be like police and like other industries when we could reallocate that to homelessness and, you know, just community in general and fighting the the unlivable wages and the housing crisis and the high rent prices, all that stuff. I feel like more money could be doing that. Like $150 million is more money than I'll probably ever touch in my lifetime. But I feel like more money could be done. Because what I didn't realize was that police literally had like billions of dollars in funding, at least in the major cities. Police have billions of dollars of funding, right? And I live in a city where they sent the National Guard to my city, right? Because of the protests. They, sent, they set a curfew. They sent the National Guard. They, you know, they sent, you know, the cops with the biggest guns that the cops could possibly have, right? So seeing that and seeing like, wow, we could spend money elsewhere. We can do this better. It doesn't have to be like this. Like we could protest, right? People can get mad, but it doesn't have to be like this sort of militarization within the country. And for that matter, militarization outside of the country also, right? Because if this is happening in America on the own citizens, right, for just like protesting, saying Black Lives Matter, I can only imagine what happens in other countries where, you know, there's wars going on or where the United States wants to sort of impose its will. So we could we could do without that. I've always thought it's never made sense to me why the military has so much money. It's never made sense why the military got more money than like everyone else combined, like the entire world combined. Why do we have so much money put into the military, but then we don't have money for these other aspects? And maybe that's because when I was young, right? I had elementary school teachers that would like really talk about how much they hated George W. Bush. And I don't know if the principal had found out 
if they would have liked that so much. But like, I remember like third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, my teachers would constantly say like how much I don't like the president and how much, you know, damage George W. Bush has done, right? Because he was president when I was in elementary school. And that stuck with me. I feel like that mindset stuck with me, right? Why is this part of the country or this section of the government, the military, whatever, so wealthy, but like everyone else doesn't get it, like education doesn't get it, right? And now what I'm seeing, right, I'm seeing the shifts, the starts towards change in that, right? And even if like the military, you know, still exists, even if police still exists, right? They don't need that much fucking money, right? I feel like there's people on different levels of this, there's like defund the police, there's abolish the police, we don't need police, all that stuff, right? And some people are, I guess, lower than defund the police, like reform the police, right? But I think all those things from reform to abolish, like all those levels, you can admit that the police have too much money. I think that's very, very abundantly clear that the police have too much money, right? I live in the Bay Area, right? Where Bay Area Rapid Transit, BART, which is the subway system, has consistently over the past few years increase its prices right increase its prices to sort of maintain a sort of balance right bart has had to increase the prices because either ridership was lower or they weren't you know breaking even or they were getting close to breaking even and they needed to make money in order to you know brand new not brand new what am i trying to say renovate or refurbish or build new trains, all that stuff, right? They're trying to, you know, push towards a more modern subway system. And in order to do that, they need to raise the prices. But imagine, imagine just for a second, that if we took a whole bunch of money from the police, right? And in this scenario, the police still exists, right? In this scenario, excuse me, the police still exists, Imagine they took like 75% of the police funding, right? And police still exist, right? They're still out there. They still have enough, right? Because the police we've seen have a fuck ton of funding, right? So imagine 75% of the police funding is gone and it goes to community services, including public transportation, right? Because a big thing with BART is they want to crack down on fare evasion, although... Between you and me, at certain BART stations, fare evasion is incredibly easy. I'm not telling you to fare evade, right? But if you're ever on BART and you see an opportunity to fare evade, I'm letting you know that if you think you can do it, you probably can do it. So long as there's no like BART cops or anything like that. But imagine that public transportation was dramatically lower or even potentially free for people because the budget, right, allows for people to ride public transportation very, very easily because, again, people rely on this for their job, right? People rely on BART to get from one place or another. Not everyone has a car, right? Not everyone can rely on the bus because the buses might be a little bit too few and far between or the bus just doesn't go where they need to go, right? So say BART gets more of that funding, they don't have to raise prices, right? So that it's not $12, $13 round trip for some people. And then we have a much more smooth running society, right? You're not wasting time cracking down on fare evasion because it's not really a big deal to evade the fare anymore, say if BART is free, right? If BART is free, there is no such thing as fare evasion. And and I'm not an expert here. I'm not an expert in finance and all that stuff, right? But if, 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 if we can make that as close to free as possible, or maybe set up a program where certain income levels can ride BART for free, right? Similar to how we do it in college, although, you know, college is its own set of issues, right? With how expensive college is. But in college, if you're below a certain income, you're not expected to pay as much. Like you can say your family um, contribution, your expected family contribution is zero, 
right? If you fall under that for, say, college, maybe you fall under that for public transit. And then you can just ride BART for free. And it doesn't really bother BART because the funding is different. Do you see what I'm trying to... That's just one example, right? And when it comes to maybe, right, lowering these rent prices, right, giving people, you know, higher wages... I feel like if we fund, you know, the community and small businesses and we give them the money, maybe we can have a more thriving, stable community. Maybe we can put people who do not have homes, we can put them in some homes because there's a lot of people out here that do not have homes, right? And I'm going sort of middle on this, right? That was an example of me doing middle, whether you're you know, sort of low on this and saying reform that police or whether you're pretty high saying abolish the police. I'm not going to tell you what to do exactly. But if I'm if we're somewhere in the middle, right, where we defund the police by a lot and we spend that money in maybe alternatives to policing also, like some type of community based, you know, protection that isn't typical police. And then we have Are businesses thriving like they can get funding and they can maybe pay people a livable wage if there's like a small business grant or a local business grant or maybe like for apartment complexes, something like that. You can give the people who own the apartment complexes like a grant or something or whatever the developers give them a grant and then they don't have to charge so much to sort of make ends meet, right? Because of what we also learned during this COVID-19 business is that a lot of these landlords are reliant on their tenants, right? The landlords need their tenants to pay the rent on the building that they own or that they run. So maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, maybe we can work something out if all this money wasn't tied up in something that people are starting to deem as not necessary. In large amounts, people are saying, you know what, I don't want these police around. Police have not done anything really to help me, right? Police, as much as they're like postured as like helping people and If you've watched any work of fiction, you've seen a fictional cop like help people. And I'm not denying that there are instances where where cops help people. I'm not saying that they have a 0% help rate. What I am saying, though, is that I've never called the police. I've never done that. But the police have felt the need to call themselves to talk to me. So there is a little bit of you know, police need something to do. Maybe you're going to talk to this black kid um, for a minute. I remember like the first time I was in my own neighborhood. I was walking in my own neighborhood. School was over. I was walking home and the police stopped this kid. Like I'm literally a kid, right? Stopping me on the street, sort of questioning where you're from. What are you doing here? Why aren't you in school? And let's be honest, That is gang behavior, right? Stepping up to me, where are you from? Who do you know? All that stuff. That is gang behavior. The gangs that are supposedly bad, right? That people don't really want people getting tied up in gangs, right? Stopping people from being on or maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's some gang shit. And that's what happened to me. That was the first time that's happened to me. I'm not going to rehash all my encounters with the police with you right now. But... That type of shit happens and it gets worse than what I've happened, right? I am lucky because a lot of people in their interactions with the police are not so lucky, right? So imagine another scenario, and this is, you know, a more softer scenario where we take funding from the police and invest it into police education, right? If you're going a little bit lower on this, we invest that into police education because right now police essentially go to summer school to be a cop. And people have made this point on Twitter, on Instagram, I'm sure everywhere else. I'm not new in saying this, right? But if a doctor and a lawyer have to spend all this time, you know, protecting people, protecting the law, defending the law, then police should probably go through a more rigorous, you know, assessment 
of their abilities and not some three to six month program that gets you a badge and then you're already on the force, right? Because clearly, a lot of police don't know how to act. We're seeing it in the riots. There's a guy in San Jose, which is uncomfortably close to where I am, knowing that if this guy doesn't get fired or, you know, abolished or something, right? Knowing that I might have an interaction with this guy. His name is Jared Yuen, um, from San Jose Police Department, who seems to really just want to shoot people. Like, that's sort of... From what I've seen the videos, you can Twitter search Jared Yuen and you'll see it. Jared, the normal way, Yuen, you, no, Y-U-E-N. That guy, Twitter search him, you'll see he, he just wants his gun. And that's the type of guy that should, assuming that police don't get abolished, that's a guy that should not be police. From all the videos I'm seeing, he wants to fuck people up and... In theory, if we're going with the fictional TV cop, that's not exactly what the cop is supposed to do, right? Based on maybe like the imagination of a cop. Because a lot of people, I don't think that in people go to be cops all the time because they want to do bad things, right? I don't think that's true. I think people go to be cops because they think that this is like sort of a noble profession. A lot of people, though become cops because they can have guns a lot of people become cops because they don't have very many other options right and on its face you know cops is like a nice working man or woman's job but on the inside there's a whole lot of corruption right there's bad apples in the police force and a bad apple and bad fruit in general right spreads to all the other fruit and makes that fruit bad as well, right? It's not that you can take one bad apple and then the whole police force is fine because one, there's more than one bad apple and two, if you get the good apples in, right? Say the new police force is the good apples, right? Assuming 100% of new police recruits are good, right? Once they get in and there's bad apples, and again, bad apples spread, right? If we're going to continue the metaphor, we might as well continue it all the way. Bad apples spread, right? They infect all the other good apples. When the new good apples come in, the bad apple is still there, and then they get infected also, right? And I think that for a lot of people, some people are just now realizing this, some people have been knowing this, that policing as a system, like the American police system, is corrupt, Right. And I don't think that if you believe that and a lot of us believe that. Right. It's not an easy like flip the switch in that case. Like if you're corrupt, basically from top to bottom. Right. It's not an easy way to sort of change that. It's not going to be changed overnight. But why I'm feeling a little bit optimistic. Right. Because we're saying defund the police. Some people are saying abolish the police. Some people are saying somewhere in the middle, right? And I think defund the police is probably something that will be done easiest, right? Defund the police, right? Take away their money. Spread it out somewhere else, right? I think that's the easiest thing that can be passed, right? Abolish the police while a noble cause, right? is going to take some convincing on a really high level. But the defund the police is already working, right? We saw it in LA. We saw in Minnesota, Minneapolis, the epicenter of this whole, you know, rekindling of the protest. Because remember, we've had protests before over the same very issue, right? But this sort of reigniting of these protests is, you know, centered around Minnesota, Minneapolis, that's where the nucleus is, right? They said, we're disbanding our police. Now, disband is not necessarily the same as defund, and it's not necessarily the same as abolish, but the word they specifically used was disband. And they're going to be, you know, implementing a community-based system, right? And yes, I like this. I like this, and I'm watching this situation because this can have huge effects for the rest of the country, right? And one, a lot of police officers are 
probably going to lose their jobs, right? It depends, right? How many police officers stay and just have a new role, right? They're not called a cop. Let's say they're called a community defender, right? Say you're no longer that, but you're still like basically the same. Then nothing changed, right? Then they're just sort of reskinning the police force and that doesn't change anything so we're watching i want to watch that closely if it's really you know taking away funding really building up the minneapolis community right then we can see ripple effects right we can see that especially in the the liberal cities um and a lot of people are sort of losing faith in our liberal leaders right our democratic leaders people who are left wing are losing faith in the democratic leaders because right it's in these major democratic cities where a lot of the shit is going down and where a lot of the pre- police brutality, you know, that's related to the protests or not related to the protests, just a lot of police brutality in general, right? That's where it's happening. Like Minneapolis, from what I know, I've never been. Minneapolis, St. Paul, that's like a liberal, you know, fun-loving place. But that's where this whole thing is. That's where it's been triangulated is Minneapolis, St. Paul. So... We're losing a little bit of faith in our democratic leaders. And even if the democratic leaders, like the mayors, the governors, um, senators, even if they do this just so they can, like, win votes, right? Say they, they say, I'm going to push for this police reform, a police abolishment, or defund the police. Say they do that, right? Just to get votes. I'd rather them do that just to get votes if we have a better society because of it, right? Even if they don't really believe that, even if they're really full of shit, if change actually happens, I think that we're in pretty good shape here, right? Um, and But I do think like that police defunding is probably like the, the way that will enact the most immediate change, right? Full-blown abolishment, That'll take some time, right? If it happens at all, right? Because the police are so ingrained in our society. Like like I said a little bit earlier, every fictional work, or not every fictional work, but like a lot of it, has some type of cop, right? And usually they're not bad. Usually. And I would like to see more fiction where the cops are bad. Um, and But also, like, a lot of times when cops are bad or is like based on a true story, like something like Fruitvale Station. And I don't like to recreationally disturb myself in that way, although I did start watching Beastars, so maybe I'm a liar. But in a lot of our media, we see cops that are good, right? In a lot of our society, we see cops that are good. Cops that do, quote-unquote, the right thing. But, and this might be news to some of you, cops their original intention was not necessarily to like protect and serve in that way cops descend from literal slave patrols like runaway slaves beating the shit out of slaves bringing them back to the owners keeping that shit in line that's where american policing comes from and i'm not saying america is the only place that has police brutality because i know for a fact that that's not true but In this instance, in America specifically, that's where police originate from, right? So your very core is corrupt because we've agreed, like even, you know, the most racist person will say, well, we did end slavery. We're not that bad. I've spent a lot of time infiltrating right-wing circles. A lot of them will say, right, white people are not bad. We ended slavery, right? In this sort of way that they go about it where they're, actually very white supremacist like this is a very white supremacist view that they have and then they go well if someone comes at them then their defenses one of the defenses is we ended slavery how can we be racist we ended slavery as if they weren't being slave owners for hundreds of years but whatever but when you have origins in that right it's hard to say we can just reform that Right. When you have your origins in that and you haven't really deviated that much from it. Right. Black neighborhoods, low income neighborhoods are heavily policed and higher income neighborhoods are not. Right. And higher income neighborhoods seem to do fine with a lot less police. Right. And there are statistics that show, depending on how you want to look at statistics, sometimes 
statistics get manipulated to say that black people are more violent. But really, if you look at it in a sort of not racist way um, and don't just want to assume that black people are inherently violent, because if you believe that, um, I would like you to reevaluate how you view human beings. But we see that like black people and white people commit crime at a fairly equal rate, right? And again, there are a lot more white people than there are black people. And a lot of times with this statistics, like they also sort of imagine an America where there's only black people and white people, which we also know isn't true. So in the statistics, right, if we take statistics where they say that like black people are inherently violent like where they take that sort of white supremacist view in those same statistics like they're completely um disregarding like asian people middle eastern people native american people um not non-white latinx people um they're disregarding all those things right so according to the statistics right all those people barely commit any crime right so by their statistics white people are more violent by nature right, than a Latinx person, than a Native American person, than a Middle Eastern person. But if you ask those same racist people, they would never, ever, 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 ever say that, right? A white supremacist would never say that. They'll say some things that will put white people down just a little bit, usually having to do with IQ and stuff like that. But they're not going to say that they are inherently more violent than a Middle Eastern person. They are not going to say that. Absolutely. I've spent enough time looking at what they say to know that they would never say such a thing, right? But police have their roots in those like sort of patrolling those people that need to be where they are, right? And sort of keeping people in a sort of oppressive situation. And a lot of people don't know that. You don't learn that in high school, right? And if you become a cop when you're like 23, right, and you maybe you went to community college for a bit, or maybe you went to four-year college, but you didn't study that type of stuff, right, you don't really learn that unless you learn that on your own. You don't learn that in your normal education. So I don't blame you for not knowing that, but that's sort of what it is. So when people say abolish the police, a lot of times they're sort of hearkening to the origins of police and how the police haven't really changed, right? And they're saying, we don't need police. We need something different, right? There can be a world without police because we've had a world without police, right? Because police in America came to sort of wrangle in slaves. And if we're going to wrangle in slaves, that means that there was a time when there was no police, right? And I don't know how they did it back then. Maybe it was just like a community judge or something like that. I'm not an expert on everything about history, but we we can have a world without police. And again, I think defunding is probably the quickest way, the way that can be more seemingly overnight. We've seen what looks to be progress in Minnesota. We've seen a little bit of a of a opening of the the money, the redistributing of the money in LA, right? But there's also people who are getting mad at the sort of I just want prison or not prison. Although people do want to abolish prisons, um you can read uh Angela Davis about that. Um but people are getting mad at people like D-Ray and Sean King. If you don't know who those guys are, they're political activists and Twitter personalities and they or D-Ray specifically have been talking about like police reform not police defunding not police abolition reform with this sort of eight can't wait proposal where they're saying if police implement these eight reform policies the number is 72 percent that they will decrease crime right they will decrease police brutality and police crime by 72 percent right and there are a couple of problems with this right even if you're like a reform person there's a couple problems one a lot of police have already established the reform policies that d-ray is suggesting right like things like no chokeholds, like banning chokeholds or like warning before they shoot, stuff like that, right? A lot of 
D-Ray's proposals have already been adopted, but they are ignored, right? Chokeholds are banned in New York City, but they've been using chokeholds still, right? So a lot of these policies are ignored. And the 72%, from what I can gather, it only incre decreases 72% if a police force has zero of the reforms and applies all eight. And then of those all eight, they actually follow that all eight, right? And again, that those are some big ifs, right? Because we have to assume that everything will go perfectly. And even if everything goes perfectly, it's still not perfect because we're not reforming them 100%, it's 72%, right? But why I'm talking about this is because a lot of people are reposting it saying like, yes, this is a good idea, right? And people are getting mad at people for sort of supporting the eight can't wait. And for me, I am not going to be mad if you think you do the right thing. I'm not going to be mad if you like D-Ray or you like Sean King. But I would implore you to look for other people other than D-Ray and other than Sean King, right? Other people who are in the same space, who are, who are in the same work, right? Because if you follow just D-Ray or just Sean King, one, like people like Sean King, like I can't follow Sean King just because his entire internet presence is incredibly depressing. And a lot of it is just videos or pictures of crime and like the impending doom of the world. So I can't, I can't ever follow a guy like Sean King. Even if I completely agreed with Sean King, I can't agree with Sean King. But Sean King and D-Ray, they both have allegations of sort of misappropriating funds or being grifters scammers all that stuff right and a lot of people in those spaces don't like those guys right and a lot of media is sort of treating d-ray sean king almost as if they're like above human if that makes sense like they're sort of like the leaders of black people when we know that black people are not monolithic if they were then we wouldn't have d-ray and candace owens at the same time so they sort of treat him as like oh like they're gonna follow d-ray and sean king like they're jesus and we're the disciples that's how the media sort of treats these guys sometimes and that's not exactly true so even if you're if you're a fan of d-ray if you're a fan of sean king fine right i think that your heart is probably in the right place but I implore you to look for other, look at other people's work and what other people are saying, right? Get, get a little bit more variety, especially if it's like only D-Ray or only Sean King. But I'm not mad at you if you like, saw 8 Can't Wait and you're like, yeah, I'll like that. I like 8 Can't Wait. I'm going to repost this. Like, we need police, you know, to be better. I'm not going to get mad at you for that. Other people are. I'm not going to get mad at you. I just want you to read a little bit more. And I want you to get your sources from a little bit more places, right? Because if you follow D-Ray, if you follow Sean King, likely we align on a lot of views, right? Likely. But maybe you're just reading or looking a little bit too tunnel visioned, right? And you can still agree with these guys after you do a little bit more research. Like, I don't, I, I'm not your dad. I can't really tell you what to do in that way. But... A lot of people are sort of put off from D-Ray and Sean King. And there seems to be a good reason why. Um, so yeah, I would implore you to, to look at other sources. Um, but I'm not going to shame people for posting, right? Especially now when you're sort of trying your best, right? We had this sort of thing a few days ago where it was like Blackout Tuesday, where you put a black square on your Instagram or other social media to show solidarity. And people were sort of getting on people for that, saying that doesn't do anything. Like you need to be doing other things. And I get that, right? A black square isn't going to systematically change things. It's not going to prevent police brutality and all that stuff, right? And there was an issue with the hashtag Black Lives Matter because the black squares were drowning out actual Black Lives Matter informational content. So that was an issue, right? But I'm not going to shame people for posting that, right? Because even if it doesn't 
ultimately change stuff, I think that the statement actually worked, right? I went on Instagram, I saw a bunch of black squares with people expressing their support, right? And knowing that, okay, these pe- a whole lot of people as a black person, a whole lot of people black or not, are, are down with this. They're, they're behind this. And waking up in the morning and seeing all those black squares, black square after black square after black square, right? Even if they didn't post it exactly right, I know that their heart was in the right place, right? And I know that for at least most people, right, they were trying to communicate with the world that this is where they stand on these issues, right? And I get that and I appreciate that, right? And then sometimes you just need to be a little bit more careful or, you know, read a little bit more, but I'm not going to shame you for posting, right? Because you're trying to do something that you believe is right. And I think that does it help is up to you. But I do think that seeing all those black squares, it wasn't necessarily annoying to me as it was like, oh, I see what this can do. I see what this statement can do. This Blackout Tuesday, right? But the whole Black Lives Matter hashtag thing and blocking out that, I do agree that that was um, a little bit miscalculated. And also the whole Blackout Tuesday was sort of like being silent, or at least that was a theme of it was being silent. And I don't think that you should have been silent if you wanted to, you know, spread awareness. If that was your goal was to spread something, then sort of self-censoring is probably really counterintuitive. Um, But... I think your heart was in the right place, right? I'm not going to shame you for posting, but people are sort we're sort of getting mad about that. I'm not going to do that. I think you're in the right place. We just sometimes we jump the gun, right? And sometimes we do things and it looks kind of dumb, but that's life. Sometimes you're you're going to look dumb sometimes. But overall, I'm optimistic, right? I want to I want to reiterate that again because I am seeing things moving. They might be moving slowly. Right. They might be moving at a snail's pace, but I see things moving. And maybe once we get the ball rolling, things move faster. Right. We can reallocate funds. I'm really just if, if anything. Right. At the minimum, the police have too much money. Right. And I think at the minimum, I'm above reform. Right. I don't want to just see the police with a new face. I, I want to see at minimum, you know, money put back into communities because a lot of police a lot of cops don't live in their actual community right i want to see money put back into communities i don't want to see over policing i don't want to see people dying i don't want to see big ass guns i don't want to see all that at the very least right at the very least is sort of defunding police that's the least at this point right because at this point we've gotten so clogged up with our money right and of course we're spending money elsewhere right like we spent money for elon musk to send some dudes into space for reasons i still don't fucking know but at the very least with our police force we can do that right and we we that's what we can do if we work towards abolishing the police and we have something better and that's that's great also but very minimum we need to get this money moving in different ways. Speaking of that, we're we're going to open up soon. I live in California. They're saying we're going to open up soon. And all I have to say to that is y'all can go outside. I am not, right? Unless I have to, I'm I'm still treating myself as if it is quarantine. Um people are going to spread the disease. I saw there are people in Vegas just vegasing it up like normal. There's people going closer to normal and with all the protesting going on and i'm not blaming protesters right i think it breaks my heart that people had to go in the pandemic because all this is happening and there's no other choice that breaks the absolute living shit out of my heart right i'm not blaming protesters for that but i can't help but think that there's going to be an uptick and I'm, I can't risk that. So I'm treating myself as if it is quarantine. I haven't protested for that and a number of other reasons. I'm, I've decided that my best role in this is the donation route. My best role is the money route. And donating to as many funds, as many places 
as I can, right? Giving a little here, giving a little there. I have money saved up. I'm fortunate to still be working right now. So I felt that that's where I can do my best work is sending money wherever I can, right? And I might send money to the wrong place. I might get scammed once or twice. So be it, right? That That's a risk I'm willing to take. If I can get nine people, you know, safe, and one person is a scam artist, then, well, I had I, I got a pretty good batting average out of that. So I'll be fine. But other than that, right, we have to talk about something that really seems unnecessary. And that's J.K. Rowling or Rowling. If you don't know, J.K. Rowling Rowling wrote Harry Potter, right? You should know. She's one of the most famous authors, I think, in the world, if not the most famous um, yeah, probably the most famous author. And J.K. Rowling, Rowling, is a TERF, T-E-R-F, that stands for Trans-Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Although, from what I've seen, a lot of TERF behavior is actually very old-fashioned. So I don't know how radical TERFs actually are, but you know what? It's not my place. That that That's not really my place to judge. If you think that they're radical, then sure, I didn't come up with the term. But JK Rowling Rowling has basically exposed anti-transgender views for a long time now, specifically when it comes to women, right? Saying that the the existence of like transgender women takes away from cisgender women in some way. And she's done this for a couple of times, like publicly, like she's done it sort of unabashedly and people are still like you know you wrote harry potter so i'm gonna let it slide but now it seems that people are absolutely through with harry potter right and they're saying that like not everyone like some people still like harry potter they're 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 just they're done with jk but they still like harry potter but a lot of people are like you know harry potter isn't good enough for me to keep reading this transphobic author right and to me right i don't think jk rowling is in the right at all but to me jk rowling should know better by now like she should have educated herself a little bit differently by now because this is not the first time she's been called out on it right and you have to know if you've been called out about this several several times you have to know that you're potentially fumbling the bag although jk rowling rowling's bag is so big it might be impossible to fumble at this point you might fumble future smaller bags but i think her her initial bag is too big i think to fumble at this point but you have to know that you're damaging a whole lot of people and people are calling out her actual characters like saying that there's kind of racial undertones or overly racist things going on in harry potter like the character cho chang right who was harry's girlfriend at one point and i am not asian so i did not notice this but apparently cho chang is not a name that exists in like chinese or korean like it's sort of like a hodgepodge of chinese and korean and it's basically like oh you just picked asian sounding words and threw them together i did a little bit more digging seamus finnegan also racist towards irish people and that might be because in america like the idea of irish people in america and irish people i assume in the uk i think is different right? So I think for the average American, like the Irish racism is sort of not, not really shown to us, or we can't really see it in the same way. But I did a little bit of research. Seamus Finnegan, who's a character in the books, he blows stuff up. He likes to blow stuff up, which apparently was a harmful stereotype or still is a harmful stereotype for Irish people in the UK. And it's like, oh, that's a little on the mo- nose. There's Kingsley Shacklebolt, who is a black person, who is someone I, I honestly forgot about in the Harry Potter books. And having a black person with shackle in their name, not great. Talking about Dobby, how Dobby is essentially a slave, right? 
and people are cool with owning slaves in Harry Potter. And yeah, big yikes. I do think that you can write a story about people who own the equivalent of slaves and not have it be problematic, right? I think that you can depict bad things without being a bad person yourself, right? I do think that. But it is like when you look at some other things that like seem iffy now that we're adults, Dobby being a slave and other house elves being a slave and like pretty much everyone being cool with it. I mean, the house elves do get free like a lot of them do or some of them, but all when it adds up, it doesn't look great, right? The the math isn't looking so hot for JK when you include the other characters that are not great. There's also um the goblins who are bankers who can pretty easily be seen as Jewish people and be seen as a harmful Jewish stereotype. And people are saying, no, fuck Harry Potter, read Percy Jackson, read Animorphs. I have a couple Percy Jackson books, a couple Animorphs books sort of left over from my childhood. I might give those a read through, see how good they still are. Um, But people are really turning on J.K. Rowling. I'm going to stick with Rowling, I think. Um, people are really sticking with her or trashing her and not really fond of the whole Harry Potter universe in the same way, right? I'm sure like there's like fan fiction that takes Harry Potter to another level. There's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which I believe is a play only. It's not necessarily a book, right? But that's also approved by J.K. Rowling. There's Fantastic Beasts. I saw one Fantastic Beast movie. I think there's two. Um, that might not continue. I think the whole Fantastic Beast sort of saga was supposed to be like seven movies or something like that. That might get cut off. You, I, I don't know anymore. But J.K. Rowling really, really like hasn't she's hasn't benefited from like modernity in the same way right i think back in like 2001 right she could have been she it could have existed and been fine but she hasn't sort of modified her 2001 stance and i think that's where the issue is with with jk rowling and she doesn't seem willing to change she doesn't seem willing to budge right and people do not like transphobia and i I can see a world where J.K. Rowling, like, completely falls off. Because people are saying Harry Potter is not good, right? And some people base a lot of their personality around Harry Potter. And I wouldn't say a lot of my personality, but I do tell people I'm a Hufflepuff, right? There are people who have Harry Potter tattoos that are turning on J.K. They're going to need to get fucking cover-ups and all that stuff. And let me tell you one thing. I work with the younger generation, Generation Z, and a large part of my job, right, I have to relate to them in whatever way I can, right? And that can be like a pop culture reference, it can be a musical reference, it can be books, it can be a lot of things, right? And I pull from things like Disney a lot, right? I pull from like Aladdin or like Princess and the Frog or Lion King. I pull from I pull from Disney a lot. I pull from like a Netflix show or an anime or a singer, maybe like a TikTok trend or two. But when I try to go to Harry Potter, because I wouldn't say I'm an expert at Harry Potter. I don't know everything, but I have seen the movies. I've read the books, right? When I pull from Harry Potter, I get blanks from Gen Z. Gen Z, from my understanding, does not give a fuck about Harry Potter. So for J.K. Rowling to be sort of outwardly transphobic in a generation that is becoming less and less transphobic by the day, right? To be posturing yourself in that way, Gen Z isn't going to fuck with you because they already do not fuck with you, right? Unless they have like older siblings that really liked Harry Potter, they don't really care about Harry Potter. Like I'm talking about like they haven't even seen the movies. And these people, these kids, have read things like Percy Jackson and Goosebumps, right? It's not like the Harry Potter wasn't available. They do not give a fuck about Harry Potter. Part of that might be like 
they don't want to read such long books, but they do not give a fuck about Harry Potter. Like, they haven't been to Harry Potter world, they haven't been to Harry Potter anything, right? And J.K. Rowling, by her refusal to be a good person, <laughs> is really going to lose the younger generation. I, I would I would predict that she's going to lose the younger generation. I remember people saying that, like, eventually they're going to teach Harry Potter in schools because it's such a classic. And I think Harry Potter, in a way, is still a classic. And I'm sure there's teachers who have incorporated Harry Potter in their teachings. But I don't know. I feel like just by this, she might have she might have ruined being taught in schools even. I think that might be where she's at now. I think she's sort of snowballing down into irrelevancy, right? And she can write new stories. She can do something other than Harry Potter, but I don't I don't see it because I feel like it's always going to be traced back to this and something that she doesn't seem willing to change on, right? And for me, right, I try to be a good person, right? If you don't like something that I do, I'm going to stop or do my best to stop doing it, right? I'm going to be like, oh, maybe this isn't the right way to go about these things. There's a lot of words that I used to say, right, not knowing any better, that I do not say now. And even now, when I'm thinking about it, right, there are words that I will stop myself from saying because I know it is not my place from saying it, right? And sort of reevaluating and readjusting what I believe in, right, as someone who tries to be a good person. And J.K. Rowling doesn't seem to be willing to do that on this issue, right, with this group of people. And it's sad to see. You, you do hate to see it because even with, like, the sort of racial stereotypes that are in Harry Potter, right, people don't remember that when they think of Harry Potter. They don't. They think of, you know, beating Voldemort and Ron Weasley and all that stuff. But now, with your attitude, people are going to bring that stuff up. And people aren't going to like it. The newer generations are not going to like it. And yeah, I think I, she really did fumble, right? And she continues to fumble until, by some miracle, she um rehabilitates herself on this issue. But I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, I I need to... I need to rest my voice. I'm getting a little bit, a little bit strenuous and I have to, to go to work and yell at people for six hours straight. So I'm going to sign off here. Um, it went a little bit longer than I thought I did. Um, I thought, you know, just talking about protests and I knew I wanted to talk about JK Rowling. I didn't know if I would make it this long, but we did. Um, so yeah, thank you for watching, listening, paying attention. Remember black lives matter. Always. They mattered yesterday. They matter today. They matter in the future. Um, yeah, thank you again. Please be safe, and I'll see you next week.